0: Hello. Welcome to the Legends of King Arthur and his Knights. Chapter 47. But he loved you, and so did I. The internal doors of a great castle are heavy and strong. Far too heavy and strong to be kicked down easily. Sir Agravain motioned for his men to stop trying. Instead, he called out to the occupants of the room. Come out and fight, traitor. It's your time to die. Lancelot realised there was no armour in the room. He only had his sword and he had thirteen knights to take on. Not one to shirk a battle, he strode towards the door. As he prepared himself, Guinevere spoke, full of self-pity as usual. We're doomed. They will burn me and they will hunt you down, even if you do escape. I love you more than life itself and I won't let you burn. If something happens to me, my kinsmen, they will not let you burn. If I'm killed and the king takes you to the stake, then Hector and Lionel and Bors will rescue you. They will fight for me or for my memory and they will protect you to the end. He gathered the Queen in his arms and kissed her. Then he strode towards the door and unbolted it. The door opened and a knight called Tanaguin, who particularly hated Lancelot, dived in. Behind him stood Agravaine, King Arthur's nephew permitted himself a grin. His moment had arrived. He was going to bring the traitors to justice. Tanaguin saw that Lancelot had no armour and charged at him. A split second later, he was lying dead on the floor, his helmet and skull split in half. Lancelot quickly shut the door and bolted it. Then, with the Queen's help, he put on Tanaguin's armour and reopened the door. "'Die, traitor!' said Agravain. But Lancelot didn't die. He raised his sword and swung the truest stroke of his life. Agravain crumpled and fell to the floor. He was dead before he hit the ground. The other knights looked momentarily stunned and Lancelot seized his chance. Before long, ten more brave knights of the round table lay dead near the door of the Queen's bedroom. Only Mordred, ever keen to save his own skin above all others, escaped. Lancelot turned to Guinevere. Be strong, my love, be strong. When they take you to be burned, we will rescue you. He handed her his ring, and she gave him hers. Then he ran as fast as he was able to, away from Camelot. On the way he collected boars. Together they rode away, while Lancelot told Bors what had happened. "'My lord,' said Bors seriously, "'what has been hidden for so long is now out in the open. "'The king has loved you more than anyone for so many years, "'and his heart will be broken. "'Now he will hate you. "'You have wronged him, and you will be his mortal enemy. "'The queen will be put to death because of you. "'We must get away from here and plan how to rescue her. "'All of your kinsmen will be with you, but I fear for us all.' There will be war, my friend, and it will be a terrible and bloody war. The two cousins collected the rest of their extended family, and others followed, and departed Camelot for the last time. With them were Lionel and Hector, Blamore and Blaberis. Sir Lavaine and Sir Belanger came, as did Sir Sadoc, Sir Dinas, Sir Palamedes, and his brother Sir Safer. In total, 38 of the Knights of the Round Table left King Arthur's Court that terrible day. Eighty other knights from various parts of Britain joined their cause, all for the love of Sir Lancelot. Together they all agreed they would rescue Guinevere from the stake and spirit her away to Joyous Gard, where they would prepare for battle with King Arthur. When King Arthur returned from his hunt, the terrible truth was relayed to him. He was dismayed to find out that Lancelot had escaped, but his resolve was clear. The law dictated the Queen must be punished for her crime. Knights were dispatched to Lancelot's lodgings, but of course there was nobody there the king commanded his remaining knights to tell him what the sentence should be. They all agreed the queen should be condemned to death by burning. Only one knight voiced his disagreement. "'Sire,' said Sir Gawain, "'I cannot tolerate this treachery. "'Lancelot is my greatest friend, "'and I can't in good conscience serve you if you carry this out. "'I know he's killed my brother, "'but the trap the Dagravain set was sneaky and wrong. "'I will leave your court if you go ahead with this.' You must stop to find out what really happened and you must forgive the Lady Guinevere and Lancelot of the Lake. Otherwise we will be plunged into a war which will have no winners. Maybe there's a reasonable explanation. You have to move with caution and wisdom. The king didn't reply and Gawain knew his words were falling on deaf ears. Without another utterance he walked away. As he left he lamented to anyone who would listen that all he could see in front of him was everyone dead. Arthur felt anger and spite towards his most loyal follower, and made a decision which eventually sealed the fate of them all. He commanded Gareth and Gaheris to be in the party which took the Queen to her fiery end. Both were sorely troubled by this command. They agreed to go, but they refused to be armed. They would not fight. They knew any battle would lead to war. The King would not see sense. Queen Guinevere was taken in chains to the pyre and strapped to a mighty wooden stake, the torch was prepared and the sentence was about to be carried out. But it wasn't carried out. Lancelot and his kinsmen and friends launched themselves from the undergrowth. They charged at the knights defending the execution site and the bloodiest battle between friends that ever there was took place that afternoon. The kinsmen of King Ban fought like they'd never fought before and pushed the king's loyal knights back. Geheris and Gareth stood back, refusing to fight, but the chaos of battle is no respecter of wishes. The fighting surged towards them and surrounded them. Lancelot, Lionel, Bors and Hector and the rest showed no mercy and before long many of the knights of the round table who had served with them through thick and thin were dead. Sir Griflet fell lifeless, followed by Sir Agloval and Sir Siguarides. Sir Tor perished at their hands, as did Sir Perimones and Sir Pertilope. The carnage was unprecedented. Lancelot himself killed many of the knights who opposed him and in the madness of the fighting, even struck down a couple of unarmed men. Lancelot and his men were simply too good for the loyal knights, and they soon surged towards the Queen. There they freed her from her bindings and spirited her away to Joyous Guard. Then they dug in and waited for the inevitable response. One of the knights who survived the Battle of Guinevere's Pyre was Sir Mordred. He rode back to King Arthur and gave him the dreadful news. The king and his youngest nephew rode slowly back to the battlefield where they saw the awful results. King Arthur wept over the corpses of Grifflet and Tor and then surveyed the rest of the field. He noticed two unarmed men covered in blood lying near the edge of the battlefield. Slowly, dread in his heart, he walked over to them. Both of their faces were turned away from him, so he bent down and turned the head of the one closest to him. When he did so, his heart froze. The dead man was Sir Geheris of Orkney. King Arthur immediately knew who the other perished hero was, but he went to check anyway. When he saw the lifeless face of Sir Gareth, he dropped to his knees. The wail that came from the mouth of the king was like no grief ever heard. King Arthur kissed Gareth's eyes in his mouth and then raised himself to his feet and walked away silently. He thought of going, and he knew for certain that war could not be avoided. His most loyal knight had forgiven Lancelot for killing one of his brothers, but there was not a chance he would forgive When he saw the lifeless face of Sir Gareth, he dropped to his knees. The wail that came from the mouth of the king was like no grief ever heard. King Arthur kissed Gareth's eyes and his mouth and then raised himself to his feet and walked away silently. He thought of Gawain, and he knew for certain that war could not be avoided. His most loyal knight had forgiven Lancelot for killing one of his brothers, but there was not a chance he would forgive him for the death of Sir Gareth. The king raised his hands and prayed. Ah, oh, Agravaine, Agravain, may Jesus forgive your soul for what you have caused. Sir Gawain of Orkney had wanted no part in these proceedings, but he couldn't block out the noise. The sound of wailing and misery reached his ears, and he just couldn't blot it out. Slowly he raised himself and walked towards the battlefield, Crowds gathered around the great man as he strode towards the carnage. Oh, Gawain, how will you live with what's been done, came the whispers as he made his way to the scene. Gawain, if you want to know great grief, keep going, they said. Gawain's anxiety rose and rose as he approached the bloodbath. He knew something dreadful awaited him, but he couldn't know just how dreadful it was. He was met by the king. Gawain, Gawain, your brother Gareth is dead, killed by Sir Lancelot himself. Sir Gawain of Orkney lost all of his strength. He couldn't bring himself to speak. He dropped to the ground next to his favourite brother and cradled Gareth's head in his arms. He wept like he had never wept before. Nobody spoke to Gawain, not even the king. They let him feel his grief. After what seemed like hours, Sir Gawain of Orkney stood, and then he spoke. Lancelot, you have been my greatest friend all of these years. We have saved each other from peril and we have shared our most intimate secrets. I thought we would be friends until death, but now you have betrayed me. You have killed my brother, my most noble brother. Maybe you and he were not on the same side this time. Maybe your aims were different, but Lancelot, he loved you and so did I. You have murdered him, you have murdered love and you have murdered my heart. From this day forth, you are my mortal enemy. I will seek you through the realms of seven kings and I will kill you or you will slay me. Gawain looked over at the body of Gaheris and made to say more, but he was spent. So Gawain of Orkney fainted. That evening, the bodies of Gareth and Gaheris were taken back to Camelot. They were buried in the cathedral in the city. Gareth was placed in a magnificent tomb fit for the greatest of knights, decorated with the finest gold. Gaheris and Agravain were entombed one on each side of their brother. Gawain prayed silently as the service concluded. When it was over, he looked to his left. His one remaining brother stood there impassively, but Gawain knew him too well. He thought he detected the flash of a smile on the face of Sir Mordred. After the funeral, King Arthur stood before his remaining kings and knights and asked their advice. Some counselled him to hold back, but Mordred stepped forward. He urged the king to declare war on Lancelot and his family. It was decided. King Arthur and his men prepared to march on joyous guard. The rumours of the march reached the castle quickly. Lancelot sent word to Gorns and his other home kingdoms in Gaul, ordering them to stock up with provisions in case he needed to return. He summoned as many knights as he could to help him in his war with King Arthur. Once he had finished, he went to see his closest lieutenants. Hector de Maris and Lionel were pacing up and down the Great Hall, Hector muttering to himself and Lionel lost in his own thoughts. Bors sat slumped against the wall. He looked up when Lancelot approached. Have things really come to this? he asked. King Arthur and his men will regret coming here, said Hector defiantly. Bors nodded glumly. He knew they would all regret it, Arthur's men and their own. King Arthur also sent for many knights around Britain. With the deaths during the quest and the departure of Lancelot and his supporters, there were 72 spaces at the round table. Arthur filled 71 of them with new knights. Only the siege perilous remained empty. The attack party left Camelot early one morning. King Arthur himself led his army and all of his remaining knights were with him. They arrived at the river near Joyous and set up camp. They knew the castle was too strong to be taken by a frontal assault. They would have to lay siege to it and hoped to force Lancelot and his men out into the open. Sir Lancelot of the Lake knew he could hold out for a very long time. He peered out over the battlements and saw the army of his beloved master camped near the river and he sobbed. He didn't know what to do. All he could think of were the good times and how he had served the king for so many years so valiantly. He called a servant girl over to him and asked her to take a message to the king. The girl arrived at the tent of the king and read the message. "'Sire, I do not know why we are at war.' I will prove I am not guilty of the wrong which I was accused of by fighting your best knight one-on-one. I will also put myself under the jurisdiction of your court. I am truly sorry for the deaths of your nephews, but they brought their deaths upon themselves. If you can't agree to these things, then our armies will meet. Nothing would make me sadder, for you are my lord and my friend. Arthur seemed about to speak, but he didn't get the chance. Gawain leapt to his feet. My lord, you swore to annihilate the kinsman of King Ban. You can't make peace with the traitor Lancelot or you will never have any honour ever again. Arthur turned to the girl. You can tell your master that I will not agree to his terms. Instead, I can assure him of total war. The message was delivered. Still Lancelot hoped he wouldn't have to fight. Fifteen weeks passed and the siege drew no nearer to success. Lancelot tried one more time. He climbed to the top of the castle and shouted out to the besiegers that he wanted to speak to the king. "'My lord, let's end this. Let me do battle with one of your knights for the honour of the queen. I will fight anyone except you or my beloved Sir Gawain. And when I have proved her to be honourable and faithful, please take her back to Camelot and let's end this war.' Inevitably, it was Gawain who answered. "'Curse you, false knight,' he sneered. "'King Arthur will have his queen, and you, and he will slay you both.' I make no comment on the shame of the Queen, but you, you are the worst of all men. You murdered my brother, Sir Gareth, who loved you more than any one. You made him a knight with your own hands, and then with the same hands, you took away his life. I would give everything I have in the world if I could turn back the clock. Truly, I did not see my beloved Sir Gareth or Sir Gaheris. Nothing in my life has given me greater pain than their deaths. Something else died that day. You are the greatest friend a man could have, and I loved you above anyone all these years. I mourn the death of our friendship more than anything. Liar, raged Gawain. You slew him in spite of me, and I will wage war against you to the end. You are preventing peace, my friend. I think the king would accept my terms. You will die at my hands, Lancelot, said Gawain as he strode away. Arthur looked on, wishing he had the strength to intervene. Lancelot had been right, he would have accepted the terms. There was no way though he was going to do so now. Gawain was all he had left, he wasn't going to alienate the one man who had always stood behind him. Lancelot descended the stairs and called Hector, Lionel and Bors to him. Together they agreed that it was time to fight. The rumour was deliberately spread so that word would reach the forces of the king. Lancelot wanted to win but he wanted a fair fight with an enemy that was prepared. The next morning, Lancelot's army emerged from Joyous Guard. It was formed of three battalions, one led by Lancelot, one by Bors and one by Lionel. Lancelot gave the word and the force charged at King Arthur's men. Lionel's men met a force led by Sir Gawain. Gawain fought better than he had ever fought before and killed 30 of his enemy. The two leaders then met in combat and Gawain struck Lionel so hard he fell off his horse and plunged to the ground. Not quite dead, he was rescued by Hector Damaris and carried back to the castle. Sir Bors met the force led by the king himself. He charged towards the king and struck him with his spear. The king flew from his horse and hurtled towards the ground, landing with a sickening thud. Bors drew his sword and shouted over to Lancelot. Shall I make an end to this war? God no, pleaded Lancelot, don't touch him, I will not see the king killed. Lancelot dismounted and walked over to the king. Gently he picked up his former master and mounted him back on his horse. As he did so, he spoke. My lord, King Arthur, for God's sake let's end this strife. Remember all that I have done for you in the past and do not reward me with this evil. Now this was a bit rich coming from the man who had caused it all in the first place, but Arthur's feelings for the bravest of the knights of the round table were strong. He knew he couldn't end the war, He knew he probably shouldn't end the war, but the pain of battling against the man who had served him so well was too much. Tears ran down his face as he looked into Lancelot's eyes. A surge of hope ran through Lancelot, but it was quickly dashed. Arthur turned his horse and rode back to his army without a word. The fighting raged all day, and many on both sides were killed. Two hundred of King Arthur's men were lost that day, and over a hundred of Lancelot's. The remaining knights buried their dead and wept over their lost friends. King Arthur wept more desperately than most. One of the people he buried that day was his stepbrother, Sir Kay. Kay may have been sarcastic and not always valiant, but he was as loyal as any. His death meant there was nobody left from the time before Arthur became king. His stepfather, Sir Ector, had died peacefully many years before. Merlin had been gone even longer. Now Kay was dead, Arthur felt like the old man he was becoming. The next day, the battle raged even more fiercely. Over 200 men were killed on each side. This time it was Sir Bors who met with Sir Gawain in battle. He received wounds almost as severe as his brother and also had to be rescued. Gawain too was sorely wounded. Lancelot's army was gaining the upper hand, but he could not bring himself to press home his advantage. He withdrew his troops to the castle and both sides again buried their dead. At Joyous Guard, Queen Guinevere looked at the stricken figure of Sir Bors, who had been carried in on a shield, gravely ill, and she wept. At King Arthur's camp, the king realised what Lancelot had done for him that day, and he wept. I wish I'd never started this war. Today Lancelot has conquered my heart with his chivalry and his love. Sir Gawain, too badly wounded to respond, seethed with anger at these words. As far as he was concerned, it was a fight to the death. The war must continue. The siege resumed and weeks passed without any further battles. During this time, word of the war spread and reached the ears of the Pope. He decided he should intervene. A couple of months later, a visitor arrived at the camp of King Arthur. Next time, we'll learn what that visitor had to say. Until then, have a great couple of weeks and I'll speak to you next time.